The one, the only, Sam Amick. Good morning, Sam. I did text you to to say that you, uh, you know that um, I needed to reschedule my radio interview, you, and uh, you did. And all you did is send me a picture from your luxurious. Oh, vacation. that's right. <laughs> That's right. I'm looking at it right now. And then, and then, uh-huh. failed to tell your producers that I needed to reschedule. Uh, Way to go, Dave. Way to go, I'm Dave. Sorry. Which is hilarious, Sam, because <laughs> that that very same day, Wednesday in the afternoon, I text Dave, "Hey, is Sam off this week too?" And he said, "No." And so I'd obviously relay that, that was th- before Sam texted me. Though, yeah, but you didn't text me that Sam oh, I know, texted you. I know that was bad of me. I do. Uh, by the way, oh, I get it. Because um, I, I, I forgot this part of the conversation, or Sam's leaving this out. So I sent him a picture. He goes, I can't make it tomorrow. And I sent him a picture of my view, and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to make it either. And then, and then watch Sam's going to laugh because he'll remember. Sam goes, good for you guys. And, and anyone knows if you send somebody a picture of you doing something cool, and one of your buddies says, oh, good for you guys, that's not what they mean. No, he means you're an idiot. he hates you. That is not what you mean. And I can't write what I said to him, what he really meant. I can't read it. Why not? I, I invite <clears> – <throat> I invited Sam to, you know, uh, to do something, and and as Sam, and he goes, "You know me too well." At least she admitted it. How are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. Um, nothing too crazy to report. No, uh, I got nothing. I have not been on a getaway, but uh, one of these days, my jealousy will subside, and and maybe we will uh, get a change of scenery. But you know. Just doing the Groundhog Day thing, buddy. Did you end up? Did you do? Did you do something uh, after you got out of the bubble? Did you do a vacation or did uh, you have time? It's a good question. Did we do a vacation? I mean, we didn't do a vacation. No. Because weren't um, the kids going back to school right around that time? Or am I getting my? Time? Yes. Yeah. I don't know. My memory's failing. Yeah, me, you owe, you, owe, yeah. you owe them a vacation, then, bro. You, you're going to have to pony up here pretty soon. You owe the family a vacation. We we do have one. Uh, like everybody else, it's like everything's tentative given life circumstances and COVID circumstances. Um, we have something tentatively lined up for June where I would sneak away during the NBA playoffs, which is a bold move. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. It's even been approved by the editors already. Uh-huh. So, uh, I'm sure nothing will happen. I'm sure you're absolutely taking that vacation. I'm looking forward to hearing That's on the docket. Right. Uh, and then we need to get to – Yosemite one of these days. Have they uh, been? That's the other priority. No, oh. gonna, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna go. I think in a couple weeks. Okay. Uh, you know what? Text me offline. I've got a deal for you down there. Seriously, text me when we get done later okay. today. I've got a really good deal that me and the family did uh, that I'll, I'll turn you on to that you'll enjoy. Um, last, I'm open anytime you want to turn me on, Dave. Uh, you I'm know. What, well, speaking of that, uh, last question. Uh, OnlyFans. Huh? Yeah. Would you subscribe to my OnlyFans? <laughs> I didn't know what it was until Jay just told me. Uh, <laughs> except that I did see the news. Uh, I yeah. Think the team had a story on it, so yeah, I'm aware of the story. Yeah. <laughs> I I found it yeah. uncomfortably funny. Respect um, the hustle, dude. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> Not respect the hustler. Respect the hustle. Let's let's be clear about that. That was Ooh-wee. yeah. Um, what was the other thing? Oh, and uh, lastly, this is NBA related though. Are you have has? I'm not asking you what it is. I'm not asking you to get into it. I'm say, I'm just curious as a national basketball writer for a major publication, The Athletic. How much has NBA Top Shot permeated your uh, your your weather report here? Um just to the point of scrolling and 
Okay. Learning a little bit. Nothing major. Gotcha. Uh, I, I think we, I think you know who this gentleman is. A good friend of mine, Jimmy Spencer. I know uh, Jimmy. Yeah, Sacramento's Jimmy product. Yeah. Sacramento B product. Yeah. Good friend. Jimmy had a funny tweet the other day, where he was like, you know, kind of doing the get off my lawn thing. He said, you know, listen, I get it. I missed the boat on GameStop. I missed the boat on Top Shot. You know, like everybody's doing the instant millionaire thing. And because uh, and, he had tried Top Shot, yeah. you know, after it exploded and was one of the people that was like, you know, getting those messages saying that you're, you know, 40,000th in line. Yeah, right. That's the deal. Same. So, I mean, it's a, it's a crazy concept. I mean, I, I was as big of a card collector as you could have found when I was a kid. So, you know, that digitized version, um, I do find conceptually to the whole thing to be really interesting. And, you know, the money component puts it on a different level. Um, you know, you got to love young Tyrese Halliburton thinking that, that the media has got bankroll that, uh, that is NBA worthy when he was, didn't he kind of, you know, tell the folks on the zoom call that, that they too could have a, a top shot for 10 grand or something like that. Uh, yeah, I think so. And I know somebody actually sent him his own top shot. He said it was too expensive. He was going to buy it one day for like 400 bucks and the next day it was like three grand. So it's even pricing out some of these players who I think, by the way, you know, I see Josh Hart on there, Tyrese. I'm, I'm guessing they're getting some packs on the side here. You got it. They, they got to oh, sure. be getting packs. So. Sure. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I mean, but yeah. it's smart concepts, interesting stuff. Trade deadline coming up. Uh, yep. I, I'm not a writer like you, but I, I do have my, I did write something yesterday, uh, for the, 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 the station about it. And I'm going to use those notes, uh, just to bounce some things off of you first and foremost, and feel free to not have a long form answer. If you don't know, like this is a bunch of random stuff I'm going to throw at you, but have you heard, I keep hearing about a Hassan Whiteside buyout and, or, uh, uh, move, uh, to the Lakers. Is that something that's hit your ears at all? Uh, not the Lakers component, but okay. just the buyout component. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that was refuted a couple of weeks ago when I looked into it um, on the King side of things. And, you know, he at the time uh, wasn't playing. So the assumption was that he just wanted a better situation. But uh, I don't know if that has developed. But, yes, that, that noise has been there. And in general, I would say that, you know, there's a, a lot of good teams like the Lakers who yeah. need bigs, and Brooklyn's trying to get a big. Um, so, you know, the buyout season is going to be, I think, big focus for the better teams. Uh, and, and same subject here on Hassan Whiteside, and you and I both are of the same school. We don't speculate on health issues, but uh, he's out of tonight's game uh, for health and safety protocols. Now, you follow this stuff and see these reports a lot more than I do. But my understanding is that because there were a lot of people when they saw that said, oh, maybe there's a move coming up. When there's a move coming up, you can always throw them on there for, you know, a, a toenail or, a, you know, an itchy ear or something. To my knowledge, Sam, I haven't seen anybody thrown on the health and safety protocol list either unless, A, they've tested positive for COVID or, B, there's a worry that they have been exposed and there's some sort of quarantine going on. But I, I haven't looked at every one. Is that the same for you generally when you see that? Is that what it means? Yeah, I mean, I, my understanding is there's, a, there's you know, real stuff there. I guess I'll leave yeah, it at that. Same. 
also you just told on yourself as like the wussiest athlete of all time, toenails and and itchy ears <laughs> are keeping you off the court apparently. <laughs> I was trying I you know, I'm I'm into jinxes and I was I wanted to I didn't if I said like ankle or something serious, I I, I did I don't want to jinx anyone and somebody gets hurt tonight. So yeah, I'm hearing the same stuff and obviously, you know, you don't want to speculate, but um anyways, okay. Um when it comes to moves, uh Sam, I'm very much of the belief, and I want to bounce it off of you, that this, if there's anything positive that has come out of this recent losing streak for the Sacramento Kings, it's that it has made uh, Monty McNair's job perhaps a little bit uh, easier. And you being a fellow Giants fan from Pleasanton, California, the analogy I've used was uh, a couple years ago when Madison Bumgarner was going to be a free agent. The Giants were contending out of the blue, and there was a big push from fans to keep Bumgarner for a possible playoff run. They relented. They kept him. They did not make the playoffs, and then then he signs for nothing with uh, Arizona. And this is kind of a seems like a, a similar thing. Whereas a couple weeks ago, Kings had won seven of eight. They were hot, and people were actually wondering if the Kings might be buyers. At this point, with the deadline looming. My read is that they're very much going to be sellers, and Monty's going to try to be active. I'm curious what your thoughts are. Yeah, I don't know how, you know, by design that was and, and how Lou Walden might be feeling about it. You know what I mean? It's, for them, I think, disappointing that they went from having such a good stretch to falling off a cliff. But uh, I would tend to agree. And, and like I wrote a few weeks back, when it was a little bit of a fork in the road, you know, they are a team that potentially has a, a lot of, you know, players that are going to have a market, you know, whether it's Buddy or Harrison, uh, you know, even Marvin. I mean, I, I don't know how good the market's going to be, but I think uh, a lot of conversations are going to be going to be had for sure. Now, listen, everyone's going to pick up on one thing you said there, the fact that you threw Marvin in there. I I, I just want to clarify. Again, I'm of the belief that unless something crazy comes around, he, he doesn't have enough value to even uh, – they're so pot committed with the Doncic thing and – plus you have the potential in this and that and whatever. I mean, I think anybody on the team could be traded. When you're a bad team, there's literally sure. nobody untradeable. But but the Marvin thing, you're just throwing that in there as one of the names. Uh, yes, but I also, just from a common sense standpoint, would say, I mean, you know, not that players' fathers dictate the trade market. Sure. But I mean, you know, when anybody from a camp has put it out there so aggressively that he's unhappy, sure. uh, then at minimum that's going to compel you to, to listen, but I would a hundred percent agree with you that um, the NBA does not know what to think of Marvin Bagley. He doesn't have, uh, you know, a bunch of fans sitting on the sideline trying to get their hands on him. He has a bunch of executives who don't know what he is yet. Yeah. Um, and they're not going to be willing to give up much to get him, especially when, you know, right around the corner, the price tag for taking him on is around $11 million. Um, you know, that's, that's not uh, max money in today's NBA, but you got to be a, a reliable you know, pretty productive player to, to get that kind of coin. Sam Amick from The Athletic joining us. Sam, a team that has kind of been, you know, linked to the Kings a bit, the Boston Celtics. Uh, Wick Grosbeck, their governor, has been doing a lot of media recently, suggesting that this is not a team ready to contend. Danny Ainge also doing a lot of media recently, you know, basically indicating this team needs some more pieces. Uh, do you think the Celtics will be looking to use all of that trade exception come the trade deadline or maybe – I don't want to say throw the talent on the season, but maybe look to refocus come the off season. Um, hard to tell. I mean, you know, for the right guy, they would use the whole thing for sure. There's not a lot of patience in Boston in general times. Um, 
But right now, <clears throat> considering how they feel about Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, you know, the two all-stars, they, uh, they're, they, you know, they're pretty, pretty urgent. And, you know, it's it, the problem for them is that the, the guys that they would love to get their hands on are not available. It's the, the Bradley Beals and the Zach Levine's and players like that. You know, they were, they were, uh, they were deeper into the James Harden thing than people realized. And, and I even had re- regrets of my own looking back on it of not writing that part of our story harder. Um, because I think it does illuminate kind of <clears throat> how aggressive they, they were then and how they're probably going to be going forward. So, um, yeah, they, I mean, they'd be willing to do the whole thing. I just I don't know, um, you know, where the threshold is in terms of the type of player. Sam Amitt joining us. Sam, <clears throat> one of the things I tried to talk about was Monty McNair, his philosophy and the smoke signals that he sent, some of the hints he dropped in his preseason uh, media tour, for lack of a better term, and then he's really kind of disappeared. You know, I, I mean, obviously people talk to him behind the scenes, but it, publicly it's almost like he's a mythical figure at, at this point. But going back to Houston, you know, it was mentioned he was part of that, you know, obviously with uh, with Daryl, part of that uh, huge four-team trade with uh, Robert Covington last year. He's indicated that he wants flexibility, that he wants draft assets. Uh, he wants the Kings to be in a position where when a disgruntled player comes around uh, that they have the ability to absorb uh, that player, much like they did many times in Houston. I don't know what your read is in February on Monty, if it's any different than your read in, in January, but does that, are we on the same page there as far as where we think he's going to go philosophically? Uh, yeah. I, the hesitation is, um, I, I don't know. I don't know what to think still about the, well, why is the word escaping me? Just the the functionality of of their group, uh, and I'm not saying that positive or negative. I just you know there there's there are people close to it who continue to report that you know it, it's just not nearly as simple as getting a beat on how Monty sees the King's future. That you know predictably the Vex voice still looms incredibly large. You know Joe Dumars' voice is very important and. It's uh, for if I was a Kings fan, it would be a little maddening because each move that happens or each non-move that happens, you're not going to be able to know with total clarity that oh, that was you know 50% Vivek, 20% Monty, 30% Joe. Um, you know, it's it's just that part of it remains a little cloudy. Uh, you know, even to compare it to the Celtics, if you will, like when the Celtics do something, you know it's Danny Ainge, right? And you know, and it's just that cut and dried, and that's not the case out here, in my opinion. And I, and I, and I wonder why. I'm sorry, Jay. Go ahead. No, no, finish. I, I, I just you're. Uh, that's such a hot button, Sam, and I'm so with you. And I know you're not trying to blow anything up here, but again, I'll completely back you up. Not that you need the backing up. That there, there are there are still fractures in that front office, and and you hear, and I'm not here to. Uh, disrespect or respect Joe Dumars, but there are people in those circles that don't want Joe there. And there are people in those circles that do want Joe there. And you have Vivek and you might have his son and Neil involved. And I, I wish there was a way we could penetrate that bubble once and for all for, for one of two reasons, Sam, uh, because if, 
if other people other than Monty McNair and his staff are involved in personnel decisions, that's a problem, and the French and, and the fans need to know about that. But at the same time, too, if that's and I'm not saying what you're saying is wrong, but if it's being overplayed and Monty truly does have full control, well, then I, I don't want to blame Vivek and people for uh, being involved in something that they're not. However, history would show that what you're saying is, uh, you know, what's happening, that uh, there are many, many voices uh, in that front office, and you're just not going to win, like you said, Danny Ainge. I mean, you're just not going to win uh, when you have owners and other personnel checking in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would agree. I mean, you can, for the sake of argument, I could then take you out to Dallas and somebody could say, but wait, Mark Cuban's always got something to say, you know, and Donnie Nelson, it's like, yeah, that's true. And, you know, but it seems like a healthier synergy. Um, so that's, that's the thing, you know, and, and there's been stuff even this season that, you know, I think has exposed some of the uh, disconnect, not disconnect, but the different perspectives internally. Um, you like since the season started? Yeah, like the Bielita situation gotcha. to me is one. Um, you know, is, is he going to play? No, he's not going to play because he's not part of the future, but we need him off the bench. Oh, he's not real happy about that. Um, you know, and, and my, my understanding was that, that he was pretty against the idea that they were essentially saying that he wasn't part of the plan and thus, you know, um, Marvin was going to get all those minutes. And so he was frustrated. And then who was frustrated know, well, when you say he? Bielita was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's like now we, uh, now we have some injuries. Now we, we need you to play, I mean, you know, but it's like that, that treatment of a player uh, where the coach is probably sitting there going, you know, he could shoot that thing pretty well and I could use him. Um, but there's different views up top about how to use him. Uh, you know, it was like a, you know, a kid getting pulled between two divorcing parents, you know what I mean? Um, so that type of stuff, is how this dynamic manifests, if that makes sense. Well, and to, and to bottom line it, too, it's one thing if the coach and the GM are on different pages. That happens. But if it's the coach and the GM or the GM and the periphery that are on a different page, I think that's a totally different topic and something that we uh, – Something that we need to explore, Sam, maybe in the future. I was just talking about it yesterday. You and I have talked about it before. I'm telling you, this, this, the whole money thing's got to work. It's got to work or uh, uh, it, it's, it's, it's going to get bad, man. It is going to get really, really bad here in the next uh, three years. I'm, I'm pulling for him, obviously, as a fan. I don't hide that. But um, at some point, you got to look at the whole franchise, you know. So we'll see. Fingers crossed. Appreciate hey, way to, way to end on a dark and gloomy note, buddy. Uh, hey, how about this? Uh, later today, I will give you uh, a uh, interesting idea to uh, take your family to uh, Yosemite and, and have fun there, something my family did. So that that's a positive for everyone. That sounds good. I take back all the mean things I said to you on that text thread. <laughs> Theathletic.com. The subscriptions are super cheap. It's a fantastic gift if you don't have one uh, on your own. All kinds of Kings Insider News, not to mention uh, Giants, A's, Niners, all the local teams and all your national teams. Uh, Sam Amick, uh, Matt Barrows, Jason Jones, and so many more of our friends right there. Go check them out uh, ASAP. Buddy, appreciate you. Good talking to you. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good week, buddy. Thank See you. you.